Good evening and welcome to The Breakdown. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. We are so glad that you are joining us tonight. It has been really an amazing season. Oh, Spring yes. is here and uh, we're just excited. You know, so much transition. It is already a busy season mm -hmm. here at HPC as we're getting ready for Easter Sunday, Easter weekend, Easter deliveries. Got a lot to tell you about tonight, so we're thanking you for joining us. But before we get started, um, you know, we have changed a few things up here. You cleaned up, I cleaned yes, up, but we, we want to say goodbye to those mustaches and we just had a great great time growing all of ours we yes. even got Haley in yeah. on it so it was really good <laughs> to get her to join us I hers actually, grew on the last night the last night it just came yeah. right through and uh you know she was saying Haley I just want to give you a big round of applause Absolutely. because I don't know anybody else that uh <laughs> that would do that she actually said she did it for us you know she wouldn't do this for anybody else but did it for the team so I thought that was really cool so thanks Haley and thanks to all the guys and Absolutely. Really all the ladies that put up with Mustache March. I'm hearing rumors now of like mullet May. And oh, just, I don't yeah. think I can do that yeah, one. I don't think anybody can grow yeah. a mullet in like 30 days. Maybe 30. in a different lifetime. <laughs> I would try that. <laughs> Will mullets be in heaven? Catch the breakdown next week. <laughs> oh my goodness. Some some 80s angels have mullets. So yeah. that's, uh, hey, listen. So we want to let you know what's going on this past week. We have baby dedications. That was so beautiful. That was so really beautiful. amazing <laughs> just to experience that. We've got baptisms coming up this Sunday. And what I really love about church here is that if you have a desire to be baptized, you can get online right now. You can register and we would love to have you join us on Sunday. So once you register, we'll send you an email with all the details. And we are still looking. We're prepping for the sweetbread delivery. Uh, this is yes. really cool. This is something that was on the team's heart to reach out to Swansea and mm -hmm. to make sure that we're delivering a bread, a sweetbread to every house yeah, and there's a special prayer meeting for that tomorrow. That's so exciting. At 3. 3 o'clock right here yes. at the church. So you can yeah. join us. Pastor Zach was telling that on Sunday. You can join us as we're praying for the sweet bread delivery. And we still need you. So a lot of people, you know, stepping out to help us pack and get everything ready. But we're in need of delivery teams. And, and runners. And they, runners. People to actually run the... Uh, yeah. The so you leave line. the church and you run to all these houses. <laughs> no, 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 no. So as the drivers, so we have drivers who have their cars full and then you just run and, and yeah. drop off. So we need delivery teams, which includes drivers and runners. So if you want to get onto our website, we'd love to have you do that. It sounds so fun. I'm, I'm really I'm kind of disappointed I have to work. Oh, you're busy. I, yeah, oh. I might be able to make it over, but it sounds really, I'm really fun. really looking forward to that. So. I think I get to be a driver, which really excites cool. me. I hope I can cool. be a driver. I'll do whatever's needed. I'll run. Doesn't matter to me. Um, so the final thing we want to tell you about is Easter services coming up. We have a Saturday night service the night before mm -hmm. Easter, and that's at 6.30 right here at the church. And then we have our, our normal services at 8.30 and 11 a.m. So yes, all of our new time. So that's what's going on. Lots to run down and keep you up to date and up to speed here. But again, thanks so much. Yeah, and how about that new song by Pastor Zach, Grave Clothes? Oh, Grave Clothes. I love that. Hey, it's been a lot of fun to play it and to rehearse it. <laughs> yes. Have you had a chance to sing it yet? Yes, like, okay. I, I, got to, I got to sing it from the audience. Yes. This week. It was super really cool. fun. Super, super. Some cool. of my favorite notes were yeah. playing in there. So, like, this is great. Lots of yeah. fun. Yeah. So we had Pastor Zach's uh, message on Sunday mm -hmm. and, and really getting into drawing closer, drawing nearer, and so much came out of this yes. message. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the, the, the crux of the message mm -hmm. is, is, is by the blood of Jesus that we have our confidence to draw close. Um, and from that, we are to you know draw close to each other, and we're 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 going to look through that tonight. Yeah. But 
This passage comes from the book of Hebrews. Um, and Pastor Zach had called uh, Hebrews, I think this was a second service quote. It was, it's the knot between the Old and the New Testament. So yeah. Pastor Kurt, could you yeah. just tell us a little bit more about the book of Hebrews yeah. and its role in scripture? So it's interesting because when you read through the, the book of Hebrews, what you see obviously is this is written to the Jews, the Hebrews at the time. And really some of the some of the language lets us know that they're, they're in danger of falling back. They're persecuted, they're struggling, kind of like many Christians Christians might feel today like, hey man, what's going on? Is Jesus actually returning? What, what's the delay? What is all of this? And so the writer, whoever pens it, we don't know. I think it's still one of the most fascinating things in the scripture. We don't know who wrote it. And I love what Pastor Zach brought up on Sunday that for all we know, for all intents and purposes, it actually could have been a woman, which would be great. It kind of would just be like the Lord to do something like that. <laughs> but we don't know. We don't know. It, so. We really don't. Yeah. But so this writer steps forth to pen these words to encourage courage and remind everyone that there is no justification under the law. We can't return to as it were, Judaism, the practices of the law of Judaism, that Christ is that living uh, mm. priest, the high priest. We spent yes. so much of the first part of the year talking about being a kingdom of priests. Right. Well, we couldn't be a kingdom of priests unto God without Jesus first being our high, our priest, high priest, and he ever lives to make intercession. So he's done the work. And I think that's the biggest thing that you see in Hebrews is that as the high priest, he has been there with the tearing of the veil. I always love this. The scripture teaches us here in Hebrews 10 that, you know, the veil was torn, the veil which was his flesh. So his mm -hmm. flesh was laid out there on the cross. And that, that veil that the Holy Spirit tore from top to bottom, signifying from God, yeah. there will never again be a separation no. from God and man. Right. And, and, and right. it doesn't have to just be the high priest, mm -hmm. the earthly high priest. Now that Jesus has become the high priest, right. everybody has full access mm -hmm. through the blood of Jesus to that holy of holies, which, you know, in 21st century American culture, Luke, it's difficult for us, unless we've studied the scripture, the Old Testament, it's difficult for us to dive into how important this might be. Right. You right. know, because we didn't we didn't grow up with these traditions and these practices. Well, it's of, a lot to it's a lot to take in. Yeah. And actually I was thinking that, you know, if you're new to Christianity or maybe you you don't know a lot about the Old Testament, it might actually be helpful to read the book of Hebrews mm -hmm. um, and understand that so that when you go back and read the Old Testament, you already understand its role and yes. what covenant we now live under. Because we don't live under the old covenant. We don't. The Bible says it's it's obsolete. It is. That's Hebrews 8, which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. You know, and, and what we see here is that, you know, the Jews, the Hebrews, they understood there was daily annual perpetual sacrifice yeah. constant 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 sacrifice constant blood and we're going to get into the blood in just a minute but so they knew that the scripture had had already communicated that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin right sin can't be paid for it has to be a shedding of blood so the death that jesus died he died to sin once for all that's romans 6. so jesus has become that ultimate way for us mm -hmm. to come into that place with god and that brings us to what pastor zach was talking about with the confidence but right. before we get to the confidence i do want to dialogue on, on how pastor zach kind of opened his message on sunday yeah, talking about absolutely. the blood yeah. and the holy spirit mm -hmm. and i just had a few thoughts going off in my mind i don't know what, what were you thinking as you were sitting there having grown up in the church right so he said you know like we don't talk about the blood yeah or and, and i think there is 
and it, it comes it comes from Satan. Satan would rather have us talk about anything but the blood of Jesus because mm. that is that's the crux of the entire covenant. That's it. Without the blood, we don't have, we have no access. Right. We don't have the forgiveness of sins. And you know, there if you read the Old Testament, it was blood, 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 blood. And then in the New Testament, it's blood, but it's Jesus's blood. Yeah. And you have to talk about the blood mm -hmm. and you have to understand how it is applied to your life yeah. in order to then live as a Christian. And when we when we grasp that, that's what starts to give us that confidence as we're gonna as we're gonna talk about. Yeah. So Satan doesn't want us to talk about that. Absolutely not. And I was actually reading um about DL Moody and and uh, Billy Graham. Yeah. They actually both they've been they were preachers um, you know, early early 1900s, 1800s, they, big, big evangelists, they both received criticism mm. for talking about the blood. And I think some of the quotes are very interesting. So, um, so Billy Graham, he got a letter from a professor at Cornell University. Yeah. And, and the professor said, Mr. Graham, you have a great talent and you have what it takes to be a successful minister. But if you want to continue to be successful, you're going to have to leave out the preaching on the blood. It is out of date and no enlightened man will swallow it. And then D.L. Moody, a woman wrote him a letter and she says, Brother Moody, if you want to be effective, you're gonna have to leave out that blood stuff. Wow. And then Moody's response was, I determined at that moment yep. to preach more on the blood of Jesus than ever before. That's good. That's good. You know, it's interesting that Jesus would say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right. The good news is the fact that there is one sin, one sacrifice for sin eternally, and that's Jesus' right. blood. Right. There is no access, there's no remission of sin, and there's no further access to connecting with God than through the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you brought that you brought that up and yeah. I thought, wow, I just thought this was our culture today. No. I know, I know, because like even when he's like when the professor says it's out of date. Out of date. That's like what? We say Lately. stuff like uh, people around <laughs> us say things like that. But this is, you know, this is like in the like 1900s, like yeah. a while, a while ago. And we tend to think that our culture is the one that's massaging the truth to fit, you know, mm. uh, to fit its, you know, its priorities and, and the, the priorities of the world. But no, this has been around. You know, one of the things that's so critical is that we think that in order to effectively communicate, we have to effectively understand right. every part of this gospel message. Well, we really don't. We don't have to understand how the blood of Jesus shed over 2,000 years ago applies to me today mm -hmm. in this 21st century. We don't have to understand how the Holy Spirit can be released from heaven on earth to touch every human being. But it's the truth. And right. I remember even being in some training. You know, I went through... Uh, several years ago where a lot of leadership conferences, I think they've kind of dwindled, but a lot of leadership conferences teaching about how to bring this new message in the 21st century. And we thought it was new. And here we are talking about right. Billy Graham. And that was some of the, the criticism that we were hearing from some well-known preachers. You would know them if I said it. And it's really interesting. They're talking about, we don't preach on the Holy Spirit anymore because it's too weird. People don't understand it. And we don't preach and we don't sing blood songs anymore. Right. We don't sing them anymore because it doesn't make any sense. And, and I think that it's really important. Obviously, we're talking in the context of church culture and church leadership, but this is really, really important in your own personal life as you're sharing the gospel because you and I, we've right. been called to make disciples too. And what's, in, but, and what's so sad is, you know, they'll say, oh, we don't do this because it doesn't make sense. Well, without the blood, 
None of this makes sense. None of it. So I don't, I, I don't know where that comes from. I really think that that's probably those doctrines, doctrines of demons. Of demons. Yep. Um, you know that that are at work in the in the hearts of people. Yeah. Uh, because you know, verse nineteen it says that we have the confidence to enter the holy place. We have the confidence to come directly into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. You know, so you can't have Jesus without the blood of Jesus. You can't have Christianity without the blood of Jesus. You can't have any of this without the blood of Jesus. It's so important because if Jesus just lived his earthly life and for however many years that was and he died, then what everyone else and every other religion says about him is true. Then he was just a prophet and he was, you know, just somebody that God used. But the difference with Jesus is that he was and is the God man and he was the sacrifice. So he was the lamb that was set forth from the foundation of the world to be what the scripture calls the propitiation, the price paid in full, God's full wrath and full payment atonement in Jesus. So as Romans six says the death that he died he died to since sin once for all so therefore we become righteous by believing Correct. on him yeah. and this is this area of confidence because the, the second part that we're seeing in pastor zach's message and in the book to the hebrews is that we can't go back to trying to be justified by good works of the law no it's not going to be that i'm somehow righteous because i've heard that jesus paid for my sins and i've accepted that and now i bring myself back under the law to live that way it's never Never going to work that our confidence will never come from that right right and even in the old testament that's why they needed the blood yeah because they couldn't keep the law perfectly you know is it in this in romans like the law is what brings knowledge of sin yeah yep. that's the whole purpose of the law was to show us you are sinful and you can't fix yourself hmm. so going into the message more um our confidence comes from the blood of jesus yes um the problem for people who are not grasping that or feel like it's outdated that's you know pastor zach said you know like we're trying to read the bible through our filters mm -hmm. that's that's the problem but we have to cling to truth um and the truth it's clearly laid out in scripture and i th i think that it's really important that when we approach scripture that we approach it um from the posture of lord reveal yourself to me Boom. not process scripture through my filter like I want, I only want your your truth. Yeah, can I just can I just jump on that, Luke, and agree with you, and just say that a lot of Bible studies over the years have taught you read the scripture and uh, you just come back with your opinion. What do you think it's saying? Now that can be good if we're dialoguing about how we're understanding. But what we do at School of the Spirit, and what I believe is a good practice, is if you're a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He is the Comforter. He is the Teacher. Right? He's the Helper. He reminds us of the things that Jesus said, and He leads us into all truth, and He shows us things to come. Mm -hmm. We're confident of that through the words of Jesus. So when we open the scripture, we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the truth that the Father has from this passage, not necessarily what needs to fit our formula, our no, filter, no. our doctrine, our theology. And that's a really, really important practice when discovering the scripture is to allow the scripture to speak for itself. And I love, this may or may not fit here, but I love that Pastor Zach was saying, 
there's actually nothing wrong when you're talking with somebody, when you're discipling somebody to say, hey, I don't understand it either. No, because it's honest. It is honest. It's, it's honest. like, but I know through what I've studied that I'm putting my confidence in Jesus. Not only is do I my confidence in that my sin's forgiven because of Jesus's blood, but I have complete access. Therefore, Hebrews 4, we come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so in you know, Hebrews 4, it says, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's a really, really strong verse. Mm-hmm. And when, when I read that, it causes me to want to approach the word of God with great care because the yeah. word of God, God is powerful. You know, it's it, it it's a sword. You wouldn't just you know toss around a sword. Yeah. You would handle it with care. You'd want to use it appropriately. And I think that you know when we approach the Bible, that's how we have to do it, knowing that this is the truth, and I need the truth in my in my life and in my heart. That's so good. You know, as we move forward into this message, Pastor Zach had this awesome illustration, which I love, and he even brought it to his his wedding day with, with Ashley and walking over that threshold. And I'm pretty sure my wife turned to me and said, you didn't pick me up. And I'm like, no, I definitely did pick you up. And we walked over the threshold. But I want to bring this now to this illustration right. that he was giving us about if we're confident that the price has been paid for us to come in. The blood of Jesus is applied to our life. Correct. We believe on that. How many of us are stopping at the door? We've come through the threshold. Thank God we made it in. But now we want everything to come to us, which is really one great point. But also there's there's no confidence to move further into the house. Right. And, and I think what's really beautiful about this is to understand that Jesus lays out this marriage supper of the lamb he lays out this context that we're going to be having a celebration in heaven when we arrive we're going that he is going to prepare a place for us and everything that we have on earth is a picture which is why we have the lord's supper together we have it together so there's two things that i kind of want to hit in our final moments today you know which we have a bit of time but is to talk about what may cause us to struggle to come past that entry hallway yeah. into the table. And second, once we get to the table, it's not just us at the table. It's our brothers and yes. sisters that have also yes. come and we need to have some confidence to commune yeah. with them there. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to us understanding what's what, what's God's job, what does God do? And then what's my job? Mm. Um, and Pastor Zach talked about that. You know, we have to get the order right. We have to understand um, what our rules are. Yeah. And, you know, who does the washing? Mm-hmm. Who does the sprinkling? Who, who provided the blood? Yeah. That was all, that's all Jesus, that's all God. Yeah. And God takes us, he takes us into the bathroom of the house and he cleans us. So good. But, you know, we always have to, and you can read in the New Testament, they're always struggling with, you know, falling back into works mm-hmm. because there is that piece of us that wants to feel like I'm doing something here. Yeah. And I I fixed myself. <laughs> and when you do that, you don't have confidence. No. Because the blood of Jesus is our confidence because we couldn't do it. But if I'm if I'm somehow looking to myself or thinking like some of the, a lot of this my sanctification and and my salvation even hangs on me making the right choice, 
then I'm not going to be confident anymore or, or I'm not going to be as confident as I, as I should be. Yeah, that, that, that simple notion right there is so important because it either leaves us with pride or insecurity. Yes. We're yes. either proud. This is what Paul talks about. This is why he says to put no confidence in the mm. flesh. I put no confidence in the flesh because if I actually look at, well, I got saved through the blood of Jesus, but man, would you see the works that I have done to honor the Lord with my life? Right. That's where the pride right. comes in. Listen, if not for the grace of God through the blood of Jesus, we'd have nothing and we could do nothing. Right. That's the pride part. But the insecure part is where we lack confidence to say, I can't even come past this doorpost. Right. I'm, I'm, no I'm just happy to be in just here. Just happy to be in here. Just happy. This is a beautiful Saved lobby. Saved by the skin yeah. of my teeth. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'll say in the foyer. The finger. <laughs> Maybe I'll have the finger. Foot, yeah, just you know, whatever like, you throw to me. <laughs> the charcuterie and the... <laughs> or whatever the dogs bring. But that's not what Jesus said. You know, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, yeah. and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. life more abundant. Yes. So yes. it's not yes. about stopping at that doorpost and saying, right. wow, who made it in. Right. And you know, this is dangerous. This is where the enemy would like to keep us. This is where he'd like to arrest us right there in that hallway at the door. The door's closed. We're in. Thank God. And it's like, oh, man, you know, I'm either too proud to go forward or I'm too insecure to go forward. And it's like, I don't feel like I deserve to go into that place right. and have dinner with the rest of these people. Right. I'm just glad to be at the door. Right. And, and the thing is, we don't deserve it. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, but Jesus gives that to Free us. Free gift. He washes us. Free gift. And he gives us the keys. He like, you know, like he lets us in. It's like you are to come into the house. Yeah. I want to know you at the table. I want to know you um, in the, in the you know, the, the in, in the bedroom. I want to have those intimate moments yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and then our job, yeah, it, it, it we do cooperate with the sanctification process. Absolutely. We do, we do preserve, as Pastor Zach said, like we, we, we are to do that, you yeah. know, because it is by our fruits that people know us. And, 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 a, and a, a truly saved life is going to show show the fruit of that yeah and we grow in him um but when we fix when, when, when we mess up he still washes us again absolutely um but yeah so there is something that we play but as far as like getting us into the house that was all him mm -hmm. nothing we did got us into the house yeah and i think it's interesting too because if we can go back to pastor zach's imagery on messer and likening this yeah. whole concept of it's god who purifies and sanctifies it's our responsibility to preserve he had a p word before the preserve and i can't remember it at the moment I so can't remember yeah if you guys have it out there shout it out but it was god does this and we preserve and even what i wanted to bring up is that when when we have those new clothes they're actually new clothes that that can easily be brushed off. We're not just as dirty as we were when he first cleansed us. Well, and the thing is, because it's not even our righteousness That's that right. we're clothed in. We're That's clothed right. in the righteousness of Jesus, which is perfect. So if you have, if you think about it, you know, Ephesians 1 talks about our spirits being sealed, which actually is almost like a vacuum seal. So when you're born again and you give your life to the Lord, you now have this impenetrable spirit. Unless you choose to completely reject God, you have this impenetrable spirit and obviously things work out through your soul and through your body. But if you can imagine that God has given you this new robe, right. And it's not like before when you were completely just stained. Yes. Now he can just yes. simply brush yes. it off and say, go back out and play. Yeah. And I love what Paul says in Philippians, he who has begun a good yes. work in you will complete it. He will. It's not... Luke, you have begun the good work. No, it's he has begun the good work in Luke and he will complete it. 
And can I just until say that the day of Jesus until Christ. the day? Of, yeah. And it's interesting because we tend to think, well, God, I'm so grateful for this gift. I'm going to show you that I was worthy of it. I'm going to show you that I deserve it. There's nothing we can do after salvation to prove that to God. He loves us no more on our best day than he did on our worst day. He loves us. And so to see that you're, it's not your job to completely um, have all that scot-free. We preserve that. And when we get a little dirty, we come back, he brushes us yeah. off and makes us yeah. clean. I love Good first, stuff. I love first John uh, two, one through two. Uh, he writes, my dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the only one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our That's sins. It. And not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. So good. That's so great. Can you give that reference again? Because that's so powerful. First John 2, 1 through 2. I love um, books of John. Yeah, they're really great. Well, he had an intimacy. Yeah. He had an intimacy with Jesus. He was the one who was resting yes. on Jesus' chest. Hey, we're kind of winding down these final five minutes. And I want to get to the second part, Luke, that we mm -hmm. were talking about. So yeah. we've looked at us. We've looked at our righteousness as from Christ, the robe that we've been given and putting on Christ. But now... We have this next step, and it's coming to the table because the, one of the last parts of this passage is do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves, especially as the day approaches, because some Correct. are already doing it. Now, one of the big attacks with the enemy, and I think it has been for a long time, is this idea of isolating Christians, getting you to be like, I can't be over there, I'm offended, I don't fit anywhere, you know? And, and so we stay out. We actually yeah. stay at the hallway because we feel like we don't fit at the table. Yep. Or maybe we just want to go, I'll, I'll eat by the by the TV in my room tonight. Hey. You know, it's more hey. peaceful and no one's going to irritate me there. Such a great passage there. And I was even joking <laughs> with Pastor Zach on, on, on Monday on follow-up. I'm like, that's a really, really good understanding. I went back, I looked it up, and he's absolutely right. It means to irritate, to spur one another on, to yes. stir each other on. Yes. means to irritate. And it's like, if we do not gather together, then we're not going to have that, which means we're not going to really f be formed into that beautiful mm -hmm. image that, of Christ that God is trying to form right. in us. Right. So we can't let things like offense keep us away from mm -hmm. the body. We have to be willing to, you know, make room for one another's faults. Right. Paul talks right. about that in Colossians. It's really beautiful mm. to say, give room and make allowance for each other's faults. Right. Because we're all growing. We we're are. All different stages of, you know, the process of sanctification. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, the way this works, the way this has to work is we have to, it goes back to understanding how the blood of Jesus is applied to our life. Mm -hmm. So God overlooked all of our faults. Mm. He did more than just make allowance. Like he, he overlooked everything, everything. And so, you know, the purpose is not only to just draw ourselves closer to him, but it's like now we are going to draw closer to each other. That's it. And um, it's hard because we... We, we're still human and we, we have these competitive mindsets or we, just, we get irritated. Yeah, we do. So I need to see you through the lens of the work that Christ has done in you. That's so good. You know, you have this great scripture you were sharing with me earlier, um, Romans 12. Yes. In the New Living Translation, it's really good. Do not pretend mm -hmm. to love others, but really love them. Yeah. And I think when we make a decision to see each other through 
the lens of Christ. Because, you know, for Jesus to ever live to make intercession for us, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. It's his blood, Hebrews talks about, that speaks better than that of Abel. So God is looking at us through the lens of Jesus. So therefore, we need to look at each other through the lens of Christ. Right. So Jesus becomes that filter. He becomes that lens. And if I can look at you and I can look at the person that's irritating me and I can actually say, okay, there must be something that I need to learn from them. There must be, you know, they're rubbing up against me. Remember when when we first got married, my dad said to me, like, this is you and this is your wife and you have some rough edges. And as you get together, you're going to rub each other until you become one. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think it's we have to look at each other as being the bride. We have to realize that that's going to be happening because we're learning to become one. Yes, yes. And, you know, because the whole point is that we will be in each other's life Mm -hmm. to be able to you know, encourage each other to do the work of Christ. And we can't do that if we're off in our own corner. That's it. Like, yeah, there is an intimacy of just us and Jesus, but in its work to do, you know, to, to, you know, work alongside each other, but that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And once we learn how to do that, once we understand that we are yoked together in Christ, we can accomplish more than on our own. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to share something here. I think anytime we think we can do just me and Jesus, we're in really dangerous yes. territory because yeah. that is not the gospel of Jesus. Right. We don't see that. Because I have blind spots. Yeah. It's not. I have blind spots. It's really good. Mm-hmm. So we've got some great reflection points and questions for you that Luke's going to just throw out there right now as we kind of bring this to a close. Yeah. So first, it's have I been trying to find my confidence in myself or the blood of Jesus? And again, that's a question that you have to work through with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, where do I see myself in God's house? Am I still in the doorway? Mm. Have I let Jesus wash me in the bathroom? Have I taken my seat at the table with my brothers and sisters? And if not, or, or if it's uncomfortable, what's what's keeping me from doing that? I know, and I want to pause there for a moment. Yeah, I know. Because I think for me, one of the biggest factors, even being born again for such a long time, the biggest factor for me, which really just broke off last year, was shame. Mm. You know, and I think so many times we might be okay that Jesus makes us righteous and we're like, okay, but that's just God. But I can't let others see my shame. I can't be around others because they're going to know my shame. And yet you see that Jesus, the way that, that he surrounded himself with certain people, the harlots, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, like they were not afraid. They saw some love in Jesus right. that, that gave them strength and confidence to be around other believers. Right. And, and I think that's so important that we know each other. Yeah. And it can, it can be difficult. Um, and maybe you have to be the first one to take that step, but opening yourself up, share, sharing what is Christ doing in your life? How is the blood of Jesus working itself out in your life? How mm-hmm. is, where are you growing? Where do you need to grow? And then when we do that, and then we start doing that with each other, we start to see what's going on. Yeah. And then it makes it a lot easier, and I think a little bit less annoying sure. to encourage people to walk in good works. It becomes less irritating because to know someone is to love them. That's good. And and Jesus said that they will know that we are His by how we have love one for another. That's so good. So it's super, super important. And a great place to start is either with a heart study and a soul study. A great place just to begin to learn the values of the church and we get right into bearing our soul and sharing Mm -hmm. and encouraging and we go a little deeper in the soul study. So as you were talking about, just finding a place to be vulnerable without being rejected. So. Mm -hmm. And you know, another another thing I was thinking about is, uh, because it can, this can look different where we're, you know, 
things that get in the way of us loving each other. And I think sometimes just the busyness of doing the church thing, because mm. you might, you can be in church and doing church stuff, but yet not have real relationships or real closeness with people. It's true. Um, and that that's true even for, for leaders in the church. Because I think, um, you know, I, I've fallen into it at different times where it's you start to see people through the lens of your ministry. Mm. And that's really, that's really sad because yeah. these are people. That's these it. are these are people and their souls last forever and those relationships with them last forever the ministry can come and go yep. the, the the church itself can come and go so it's like what are we wh- what is our focus you know am, am, am I relating to you because I truly love you you know or is it like you're just part of my job you know that's not mm. that's not what we're called to do that's really good so how am I relating to those yeah. around me? And then am I drawing close or keeping to myself? So really, really good points to reflect on. And uh, just consider, you know, I love what you said, uh, an excellent point. As we wrap up here, if you are at the doorway, what's keeping you there? What's keeping you from coming in? I love that you said that either going to the bathroom and allowing the Lord to wash you right. and then coming clean to the table. So as we as we begin to pray and move into this, we want to ask the Lord right now in your living room or wherever you're listening, driving, um, that the Lord would just begin to reveal those things so that he can deal with them. And as they come up, as he reveals them, you know, just find somebody, talk to them about, about it and, and process it. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. So, Father, we just thank you for the time that we've had today, and we put our hope and our trust in you. Thank you for these points of reflection. As you lead us by your Spirit, would you continue to show us any areas of our life where we may be weak, any areas of our life where we may just be hanging out at the door, or maybe we've allowed you to wash us, but there's a sense of timidity for us to come to the dinner table. We're a little afraid for whatever reason. And we just pray right now by your Holy Spirit that you would reveal these things, make them clear, and help us to move forward in love and vulnerability with one another and learn to have confidence in the blood of Jesus and confidence in loving our brothers and sisters. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. And that's The Breakdown. We'll see you next week.